Welcome to the Harbor Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more information, visit us online at www.theharborli.com. This morning, I want to talk to you guys about faith. And faith is a word you hear a lot in the church today, but I feel like it, it's a word that we you know, it, it kind of has multiple meanings, right? Sometimes we use it and it means one thing and in a certain context and the next time, like, next time it's like, you know, we say faith again and it somehow means something else and then we say it again, it somehow has like a different meaning. We use faith in a lot of different ways, you know, sometimes in the church. And today I want to talk to you about a faith that I see in Abraham. So if you want to turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 22, Genesis chapter 22, while you're turning there, that's actually where our story, the story that we're going to go over today, that's, that's where that is. But I'm going to read to you some verses before then. So if you could just write this reference down and look it up later. Hebrews 11, we're going to read verses 1 through 3. It goes like this. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this time that we have together. God, I just pray that you would speak through me, God. I pray that not one thought of mine, not one word of mine, God, would be what's heard. But God, I pray that it would be your spirit speaking through me. God, I pray that it would be you that is changing our lives. God, we are ready. We're ready to meet with you this morning. God, we give you full control over who we are. We love you so much in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you didn't know, it's summertime. I'm sure you knew as soon as you stepped out of the house this morning, right? Summertime. It's only about 180 degrees out there, which is nice and toasty. And, uh, but you know what? I complain when it's 2 degrees. I complain when it's 100. So, you know, you can't make me happy. But uh, it is summertime, and a lot of people go on vacations during summertime, right? How many of you guys have already been on your summer vacation? Anybody in here? We got a few people. Anybody got something coming up in the, this summer? Got vacations planned? Very cool. My wife and I, we just went on vacation a few weeks ago. We went back to our home state of Michigan, and uh, we got Michigander in there? Nice. Very cool. We got to connect later. Awesome. Not a lot of us out here, but uh, anyway, um, that was random, but cool. Um there's going to be a lot of that today, so just buckle up. Um, anyway, so we went back to our home state of Michigan, and it's so funny because my wife and I vacation differently. We're in the same car, going to the same place at the same time and all that kind of stuff, but we vacation so differently. See, my wife is on vacation the moment she walks out of her job Friday at 5 p.m. She's on vacation. Anybody else in here like that? You're like, vacation, right? So... My wife, she'll, like, before we're getting ready to go, you know, we're packing things or whatever, she's like, you excited? I'm like, no, why would I be excited? We're on vacation. I'm like, baby, we're still on Long Island. Like, we ain't to Florida yet. Like, it's not, we're not on vacation. She's excited from the moment she's out of work. I'm not excited until we get to the destination. Anybody else like that? Yeah, all I'm thinking about is everything I got to do to get to my destination, right? I got to pack. We got to make sure the kids have all their stuff. We got to get in the car. We got to go to LaGuardia, and I'm sure that's under construction. It's only been under construction for 30 years. And 
find a parking spot, and then we got to get our bags checked in, and I hope our flight isn't delayed, and da-da-da. Then we got to get on the plane. I hope there's no turbulence because I'm a little baby when it comes to that. And then we're going to land, and then I hope the bus is, and da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And I can finally relax when we get to our destination. That stinks. <laughs> it stinks to be that way because I'm missing a whole bunch of awesome things that my wife gets to enjoy. I think when you look at it, she's on vacation twice as long as I am just because her perspective, right? And she enjoys the entire process. I enjoy the destination. A few years back, we went to Disney. Well, we went to Disney a lot for a few years, like four times. It was insane. My wife is one of those Disney crazies. Do I have any Disney crazies in the house? You know who you are. Yep. And, uh, like, people that love Disney, when I say crazy, that's probably a nice way to put it. They're weird, okay? Like, collecting these pins and the shirts and the, like, I got my Disney hat again. I'm like, how many sets of ears do you need? So, she's telling me, watch it. Um, so, uh, but she loves Disney. And the thing about Disney is you can start planning that trip like months and even years out, right? And there's certain times where you can get these fast passes so you can get to your ride quicker. And she'd be like, all right, baby, this is what I'm thinking. On Monday, we're going to go to Magic Kingdom and we're going to ride this ride, this ride. What do you think? And I'm like, wait, this Monday? No, 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 we, You know, when we go in October. Baby, it's January. What do you mean? You know, like, and, and she's wanting my input and my opinion. And guys, here's a little bit. This isn't in my notes. This is for free. Don't say I don't care, all right? It doesn't matter to me. Land's a little easier. I don't care. No bueno, all right? Don't say that. So I started out saying things like I don't care and then switched over to, you know, baby, it doesn't matter to me, whatever you want to do. And then she'll be like, okay, so on Tuesday, we're going to be in this park, and I'm thinking Italian. What do you think? And I'm like, I don't know what I'm having for dinner, and you want to talk about six months from now. She is all about the process, and she loves it. She's looking things up. You know there's Disney podcasts? Did you know that? There's Disney. People talk about Disney all the time. It's got to be a cult. I don't know. I'm looking into it. Um, but no, seriously, she loves the entire process. And I was thinking about it the other day. You know, God is always trying to teach us things through the process. Pastor Mike actually shared something a few weeks ago that really hit me. And he said a lot of times God's teaching us more through the process than, des than the destination. And that hit me because I was the kind of kid that no matter where I was, I couldn't wait to the next step. Right? I'm in grade school, and I'm like, oh, man, high school is going to be awesome. And then I get to high school, and I'm like, but college, college is going to be great. And then I get to college, I'm like, I can't wait to get out of here and start my real life, you know. And I just couldn't wait to get to the next step, you know, to my, what I thought was my destination. And during the process, God's trying to teach me things. And if I have learned anything, it's that if I don't learn something the first time, God's going to kind of bring it back around, Right? I have a 10 and a 12-year-old, and I go through this with them where I'm like, guys, we, we got to learn this now because, you know, if you learn homework, then play. You know, if you learn that now, then later on we're not having some issues, all right? You got to learn it now. If you don't learn it now, we're going to go through it again tomorrow and the next day and the next day. I think that happens with me a lot. God's trying to teach me, like, Ben, I'm teaching you things through the process. It's not all just about the destination. The destination's great, but enjoy the whole process. I'm trying to teach you things. Are you listening? There's a guy, like I said, named Abraham, and Abraham was awesome because he had faith through the entire process 
Um, and I look at his life and I'm like, oh man, I need to be more like Abraham. So if you are taking notes today, which I trust all of you are, if you got a if you got a phone, you can take notes, right? Write this down. Faith through the process. Faith through the process. I already had you turn to Genesis 22, but what I want to do is I want to kind of bring you up to speed on where we're at. Um, we're going to be talking a lot about Abraham, but Abraham first jumps on the scene in Genesis 12. And actually, when we first hear of Abraham, his name isn't even Abraham, it's Abram. And God has a conversation with Abram in Genesis 12, verses 2 and 3, and he makes him a promise. And this is how it goes. Genesis 12, 2 and 3 says this, And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram had a wife, and her name was Sarai. And they were struggling to have kids. But you just heard in that promise that God says, I'm going to bless the nations through you. God's giving him a promise. So Abram and Sarai are going, all right, how is God going to bless us? And, you know, I, I don't understand how this is going to work when we don't even have kids yet. So Abram does what most of us humans do, that when God gives us a promise and he doesn't act according to our timeline or the way that we want it, we, we stick our hands in there and get involved, don't we? And that's what Abram and Sarai decided to do. So Sarai has a maidservant, and her name is Hagar. So Sarai gives her maidservant, Hagar, to Abram, and they have a child together, and his name is Ishmael. But that was not God's plan. What they were doing was not the way that God had planned this all out. In Genesis 17, God confirms his covenant with Abram, and he actually gives him and Sarai a new name. So now we have Abraham and we have Sarah. Genesis 18, we read about a conversation that God has with Abraham, and he says, hey, Abraham, listen, a year from now, you guys are going to have a baby. And Abraham's like, whoa, wait a minute. I'm getting up there in age, man. I'm 99 years old. My wife is 89 years old. How's that going to work, right? And the Bible actually says that Sarah laughs, like, yeah, right, how's that going to happen? But God says, no, no, listen, a year from now, it's going to happen. And sure enough, God came through on his promise. So Abraham being 100, Sarah being 90, they have their promised son, Isaac. We read about that in Genesis 21. Isaac is born. Genesis 22, where our story kicks off today. A lot of you in your Bible, when you look at it, right above where the verses start, it says, Abraham test is being tested. Abraham tested. Write this down if you're taking notes. Faith when you don't understand. Faith when you don't understand. I want to read Genesis 22, verses 1 and 2. It says, after these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. He said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Wait a minute. Didn't we just talk about a promise that God gave Abraham? It was actually just a few verses before. In the middle of 
Genesis 21, God says, I'm going to build a great nation through your son Isaac. A few verses later, he's saying, hey, you know that promise I gave you, that son I gave you? I want you to take him and uh, you're going to go and sacrifice him. Whoa, 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 whoa. I don't get it. I don't understand. God, you made me this promise. Over and over and over. I referenced it several times. God made this promise. This is what I'm going to do in you. This is what I'm going to do through you. Now the way that I'm going to do it is not the way that you think it's going to happen. That son that I promised you, I want you to go and sacrifice him. Whoa, God, I don't understand. Up until this point, even after, we don't ever read about sacrifices of people with our God, right? Like that just doesn't happen. Animals, yes. People know God I don't understand. Have you ever been there in life? You're going through life and, and you feel like God has called you to do something. Or you feel like God has given you a plan. And then he does something that you go, whoa, 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 wait. I don't remember this being part of the plan. God, you never told me this. I don't understand. God, how is this supposed to happen? How could you take that loved one from me? How could I lose my job? How could I be dealing with this tough situation? I don't understand. Man, it's got to be hard to keep the faith when you don't understand, right? Sometimes I struggle. That's why Abraham, when he was Abram, got involved and like, hey, we're going to take control of this. We're going to do things our way. And then they messed it all up when I don't understand. Church, listen. If you're saved for any amount of time, if you're a Christian for any length of time, situations are going to arise where you're going to go, uh, I don't get it. I don't understand. Wait a minute. God, I, I don't see how this could, fi- could possibly fit into your plan. God, I need some more details. My daughter, her name's Callie. She's 10. She lights up my life. I love that little bundle of joy. I love her, and she drives me nuts at the same time. Am I allowed to say that? Does that make me a bad dad? Okay, it might. Pray for me. She's very type A, very type A. I'm type A, so I get it. But she wants the details all the time. So her and I have to have like this conference, like in the evenings about the next day. Okay, so dad, what's the plan for tomorrow? Where are we going? When are we getting there? What should I wear? How's this? I want to make sure my phone's charged. That can't be running dead. Like if my friends text me, I got to be able to respond. Um, okay, so where, where are we eating? She's got to know every little detail. How many of you guys are like that? Anybody else? Yeah, I'm like that a little bit. But my daughter's really like that. And sometimes I ask God for those details. And he responds to me the same way I respond to my daughter. You don't need to know. You don't need to know. You need to trust me. You need to keep the faith through this situation. Even when you don't understand, even when you don't know, you need to keep the faith. You need to believe in God's promises. Number two, write this down. Faith when you do understand. Faith when you do understand. See, sometimes when we don't understand, all we have is faith, right? I don't understand why this is going on. I guess a hope and a prayer here. We'll call it faith. Yeah, sure, I believe you. What else do I got? Then there are situations where we do understand. We understand the situation that we're in, and it stinks, and it's horrible, and we don't like it, and we're still supposed to keep the faith. So God asked Abraham, 
to sacrifice his son. What was Abraham's response? We get to read his response in Genesis 22, verse 3. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. You know what my response would have been if God would have said, I want you to go and sacrifice your son, the one that I promised you? I would have said, God, you're crazy. Do you remember what you just told me? You said it over and over and over. God, this can't be the case. There's a a different hero in the Bible that we read about in the book of Judges, and his name is Gideon. And when I read about Gideon, I'm more like Gideon. So God would say something to Gideon, and Gideon would go, are you sure? (laughs) All right, I'm going to need some proof. Can you prove it to me? Well, are you sure? All right, you're going to have to prove that to me. I'm more like Gideon. How did Abraham respond? I want you to sacrifice your son. Got it. Loads up his donkey, and he's ready to go. That's crazy to me. That's crazy. But he trusted God. He had so much faith in God. He said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Wow. I wouldn't respond that way, would you? That's crazy. Saddled up his donkey. He got everything ready. And he said, let's go. You see, there was a time that God strengthened my faith, my wife's faith, um, He asked us to do something that I didn't want to do. I understood, but I didn't want to do it. And uh, before I share this story, just nobody get offended, okay? Brace yourselves. You're Long Islanders. You're tough. I don't want anybody meet me in the parking lot. I got two big friends right up here. They got my back, right? Brendan, Greg, I need need confirmation before I share the story. They won't shake their heads yes. All right. Jimmy, you got my back? All right, me and Jimmy, we'll meet you outside. No. So, right out of Bible college, uh, for those that don't know, Pastor Mike is my uncle, and he knew I was going to Bible college to become a kids pastor, and so he calls me up and he says, hey, we got a bunch of kids and no kids pastor, what do you think about coming out and doing like a, an extended like internship, work here part-time sort of deal, and we prayed about it, Amber and I were dating at the time, but we were praying about it, my parents were praying about it, and we just felt like that was right, so we came out here, and I was actually here for a year and a half. And I got used to living in the land of the crazies, all right? That's you guys. You guys are the, you know, you're the crazies. And so I was born in the Midwest. I went to college in the Midwest. And then I come to Long Island. You're all a strong flavor, all right? And it's taken me a little while, like, to get used to everything, all right? But I was here for a year and a half. I grew to love the people and, uh, and, and the island. And then after a year and a half... We felt like God called us to move back to our home church in Michigan. And we were there for uh, six years. God called us there for six years. And at the time, Amber and I were engaged, so I got to go back to my fiance. We got married. We adopted Mick and Callie. We are in our home church. My parents live five minutes from us. Amber's parents live five minutes from us. We were in our home church that we poured so much blood, sweat, and tears into. We were comfortable. We had our little cookie-cutter life. If I could have planned it any way, it would have been that way. I liked it. I was comfortable. That was part of the plan. I'm okay with this. Four years after being there, my wife comes to me, and she says, Sweetheart, I feel like God's going to be moving us on. And I'm like, like, to a different house? And she's like, no, no, no. I think our time at this church is coming to an end. I just feel like God is moving us somewhere else. 
I said, sweetheart, you had some bad pizza. There's no way God said that. And, uh, and she goes, listen, she's very patient. She's amazing. If you know Amber, you know I married way over my head. And she said, listen, I want you to pray about this. I said, all right, you got it. A year later, finally I come to a place where I'm like, you know what, sweetheart, you're right. God is moving us on. Here's the thing. I didn't think that was part of the plan. I wasn't ready. I didn't have a resume because I didn't need a resume, right? I'm where I wanted to be. And God's saying it's time to move on. So I'm like, I don't know how to do this. I guess I'll go talk to my boss and give him a heads up. I had no plan B. Now, I go and meet with him, and I've heard of other pastors being in situations where they'll go and they'll, they'll talk to their superior, and they'll say, like, all right, you got a month, and you got to be gone. Like, I, where would I have went? So I said, all right, sweetheart, I'm going to just try to do this the best way I know how. I'm just going to be as honest as I can. So when I, I go and I talk to my boss, and I just say, hey, listen, I feel like God's moving us on. And he said, I don't really understand. Like, you're doing what you want to do where you want to be, right? And I said, yeah. Then why? And I said, I don't know. I don't know. But God's doing something in our hearts. And so he said, all right, well, just, you know, keep me in the loop. And for a, it was a year-long process where, you know, we were talking to people that had been in our shoes before. We were talking to different pastors. And there was a church in California that we were in conversation with, a church in Colorado we were in conversation with. And then, um, like I said, Pastor Mike is my uncle, so Scott is my cousin. If you know Scott, he's a very determined individual. So Scott starts calling me, and he's like recruiting. And Scott Schneider started calling me, and he's recruiting. And Scott was like, you need to get back in the will of God and get back out to Long Island. And, uh, and so they're calling and calling and calling. I said, all right, well, we got to put a resume together, and, and, and we got to send this in. We sent our resume one place, and it was here. And I just had this confirmation in my heart that this is where we're supposed to be. Now, this is where I need to be honest, and this is where I need you to not be offended. I was not excited about coming back just because I felt like a fish out of water. It wasn't you all, I promise. You're all great. But I like space, right? I actually like corn and cows, and there's none of that out here. Like, I like to be able to stretch, and I knew what Long Island was, but I knew God was calling me back. You see, at that point, I understood what God was asking of me, and I needed to keep the faith. I needed to still believe that I was in his plan, whether I liked it or not. That's what Abraham was going through. He now understands what God is asking him to do. I want you to sacrifice your son, who you prayed for, who I promised you. I want you to sacrifice him to me. Abraham understood. And Abraham said, yes, sir. That's crazy to me. I want faith like that. I want faith like that. Like I said, I'm more like Gideon where I'm like, sure, I, I don't know, uh, please confirm, 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 confirm. God said, I said it, I want you to do it. Abraham did it. I want you to write this last point down. Certain faith. Certain faith. When I look at Abraham's life, I see certain faith. When we use the word faith nowadays, it's almost like a hope and a prayer. A shot in the dark. We often use the phrase blind faith. You see, with God, we don't have to have blind faith. Our eyes aren't closed. We're not bumping around in the dark, hoping to find like a needle in a haystack. We can have certain faith. If he says it, he'll do it. There's one thing that God cannot do, and that's to go back on his word. 
So when he says it, it's going to happen. It may not look how we're expecting. It may not go what, how we think it should go. But when we have certain faith, we're able to walk with him through it and say, God, I, I don't know. I don't like it. I don't get it. But I trust you. I trust you. I want certain faith the way that Abraham had certain faith. How do I know he had certain faith? We're going to read Genesis 22, verse 4. It says, On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, Stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over. We will worship, and then we will come back to you. Interesting. We. Didn't he ask him to sacrifice his son? We will worship. We will come back. Genesis 22, verse 7 and 8. And Isaac said to his father Abraham, My father. And he said, Here I am, my son. He said, Behold, the fire and the wood, but where's the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went both of them together. He knew that God was going to provide. He wasn't like, yo, bro, it's you. <laughs> I mean, that's not what we read. He said, God will provide. We will worship. We will come back. God wears the sacrifice. God's going to provide. Abraham had certain faith. God said it. God's going to do it. He had certain faith. See, I keep referencing to these promises that God gave to Abraham. God had promised Abraham five times that he was going to bless the nations through Abraham and his son. Genesis 12, Genesis 15, Genesis 17, Genesis 18, Genesis 21. He says, for through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He knew it. It was money in the bank. Count it. It's going to happen. He had certain faith. Sometimes in my life, when I use the word faith, like I said, I use it like a hope and a prayer. Well, we just got to have faith in God. See, I don't know. Man, I hope. Man, I don't want that kind of faith. I want Abraham-type faith. He said it. He's going to do it. I don't know how it's going to look, but he said it. He promised me. He can't let me down. If he's truly God, he can't go back on his word. He's going to do it. I want certain faith this morning. The band is going to come up as we begin to wrap this thing up. You see, what I'm learning is life is about the process. Our destination is heaven, obviously. When we enter this relationship with Christ, that's our destination. But I can't be so heavenly-minded and I'm no earthly good. I need to be focused on what God has called me to. And this thing we call life is a process. And there's going to be things you're going to go through in life where we got to have faith when we don't understand. We're going to go through things in life that are going to stink, that are going to be horrible. We're not going to like it. We're going to understand it, but we're not going to like it. And we're, need, we're going to need to have faith. We need to have the certainty that Abraham had. If he said it, he'll do it. This morning, you might be saying, well, that's great, Ben. He got to hear the audible voice of God. I've never heard the audible voice of God. 
How do I know what his promises are? How do I know? He's given you promises. He's given you promises. You can read about them whenever you want. Here's some of his promises that he's made to you. He says he'll fight for you. He says he'll renew your strength. He says you will soar with wings like eagles. He said you will run and not grow weary. He said you will walk and not faint. He said you don't have to be afraid because he's with you. He said his unfailing love will not be shaken. He says we can have a covenant of peace with him. He says no weapon formed against us will prosper. He said he'll never leave you. He said he'll never forsake you. He said he'll stick closer than a brother. How's that for promises? He's given you promises. You just got to walk it out. Let's be like Abraham. Yes, sir. I don't get it, but yes, sir. I don't like it, but yes, sir. If he calls you to it, he'll see you through it. He will. You see, a lot of times we look at faith like an on-off switch. And you believe or you don't. But a lot of times, faith is like a muscle that needs to be built, right? It needs to be strengthened. God wants to strengthen your faith today. Wherever you're at, whatever you're going through, He wants to strengthen your faith today so you can have that certain faith the way that Abraham did. Will you stand with me? Maybe you're in this place today and you don't have a relationship with God yet. But you say, Ben, there's been something on the inside of me that's been happening since I've been in this room that I can't explain, that I can't put words to. But I feel like something's happening. I feel like God's tugging on my heart. I encourage you today, don't leave this place without starting a relationship with Him. It's very simple. It's very easy to get that started. And we have some amazing people in the back along that back wall called our prayer team. And they've been praying all week for this moment right here, right now, to pray with you. It would be their honor and pleasure to be able to talk to you this morning about starting a relationship with God. But maybe you're in this room today and you say, Ben, I, I have a relationship with God, but I feel like my faith is weak. God has done things in my life that I don't understand. God has done things in my life that I don't get. Ben, he took somebody from me. I lost a loved one. They were too young. I don't have a job. My marriage is a wreck. I'm addicted to drugs. I'm addicted to pornography. Whatever it may be. Things aren't good right now. We're about to sing a song. This is your good. You are good. I love this song. Lindsay was so gracious. She even changed the set to add this song. Because I felt strongly this week that this is something that us in this room, we need to proclaim over our lives. God, you are good. I don't get it, but you are good. I don't like it, but you are good. I don't see it, but you are good. Abraham didn't see it. Abraham didn't like it. But he said, God, you're good.
He had to. He was walking up a mountain to sacrifice his son. He had to say, God, you're good. You have to be. That's the only way this makes sense is if you're good. How does this story end? The Bible says that Abraham binds Isaac's hands and he lays him on the altar and he grabs the knife. And as it's up in the air, God says, stop, stop. Don't do it. Don't do it. It was a test. And Abraham passed the test and then they look over and there's a ram who's stuck in the bushes and God provided the sacrifice. You know what's interesting? As I read this this week, God kept saying to Abraham, your one and only son, the one you love. You know what Jesus was? God's one and only son, the one he loved. He was our sacrifice. He stepped in to a punishment that you and I deserved. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He stepped in. Jesus stepped in, and he was that sacrifice. Some of you need to tell yourselves, he's good. Some of you need to remind yourselves this morning, he took my place. He took my place. Too many times we go off emotions. This is how I feel. Forget your feelings. You need to tell yourself how to feel. He is good. He is good. I don't know where you're at today. I don't know what you're going through. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you've been saved one day. It doesn't matter if you've been saved 80 years. Today, your faith can be strengthened. You can leave this place stronger. You can proclaim, God, you are good. Do it this morning. Do it this morning. If you're going through something, I challenge you. I challenge you. If you're going through something this morning, just start right now. God, you're good. God, I believe it. God, you said it. You're good. You can even come up and talk to me about it. I would love that. He is good. He will show you he's good. Church, I love you. And I'm so glad you're here today. This message has been burning on my heart all week for this moment right now. God wants to do business with you today. He doesn't want you to leave here the same. Can we pray? Lord, we love you. We're thankful for who you are. God, I'm thankful for Abraham, Lord. I'm thankful that I can look at that mighty man of God and just learn from him. God, I pray that each and every one of us in this room, no matter where we're at, that our faith would grow, that our faith would be stronger. God, that we would look to you and we would understand that you are good. God, we give you everything that we are. Right now, God, I pray that you begin to move on people's hearts. Tug on their hearts. Holy Spirit, don't let us leave here the same. Don't let us leave here the same. I want to know you more. I want to know you better. God, do what only you can do in our lives today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks 
for listening to today's message. If you would like to take the next step in your relationship with Jesus today, visit us online at www.theharborli.com backslash next step.